You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 253 of Podcateers. In this episode, we wrap up our discussions on Mickey's Toontown with some good old armchair imagineering where we pose our ideas to plus up the area. We also discuss Disney's announcement about reservations for the preview of Galaxy's Edge. Disney now owns more of Hulu. We talk about why and what we think it could mean for Disney+. We would also like to hear your thoughts on anything that we talk about in this episode. You can always connect with us and join the conversation on Instagram, Twitter, or on Facebook. Just search for Podcateers. You can also leave a comment on the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 253. You can also check out our YouTube channel. And if you do, we'd love it if you took a moment to subscribe and maybe even hit that bell icon for notifications whenever new videos are posted. FYI, we have new gear available on the website at podcateers.com slash gear. We just released our new Ice Queen and our Num Num Cookie shirts. If you use the code FROZEN during checkout between now and April 30th, 2019, you'll get 10% off your entire order. And for all of you that just refuse to have anything to do with FROZEN for whatever reason, hey, I'm not here to judge, but I got a code just for you too. You can also use the code NUMNUM for 10% off your entire order. And um, yeah, just use NUMNUM and do that'll show her. <laughs> Before we jump into the episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by the support of listeners just like you via their monthly contributions on Patreon. We like to call those listeners our podcast fairy godparents, but they call themselves the FGP squad. If you like the podcast and would like to help us out by becoming part of the FGP squad, you can find out more information on how at podcateers.com slash FGP. As always, a huge thank you goes out to everyone on the FGP squad for their support. If you're not able to join the FGP squad, but you still want to help us out, there's a really simple way that you can do that. The next time that you buy something on Amazon, start your purchase by going to podcateers.com slash Amazon. Once there, click the large Amazon button on the page. It'll take you to Amazon using our special referral link. And anything you buy may earn us a small commission as a thank you from Amazon for mentioning them on the podcast. If you're already doing that before each of your purchases, we'd like to thank you as well because it helps and we appreciate it so thank you uh and that's it it's time to do this it's time to jump into this episode so here we go this is episode 253 of podcateers That hurt. I'm not even gonna wow, continue. Dude. That was good. <laughs> that sounds like my cue to go get an attraction cue. <laughs> it's like, oh look, right to mansion is like five minutes. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Oh look, pirates is six minutes <laughs> later. <laughs> Uh, how's it going? Good. 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 <sighs> I went to the park this weekend. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> I, I did. We were. I saw long. you there, and I still don't believe it. I know, <laughs> right? It was an illusion. <laughs> it's like 
Um, for all you Arrested Development fans out there, it's like the Aztec tomb. To be fair, I just saw you in the Esplanade, so I can neither confirm nor deny that you actually went into the park. Oh, touche. <laughs> touche. Well, I can confirm that we were there, and the Easter maps and the tiny eggs themed after a tiny character will will be the proof. I can post pictures on Instagram. It was pretty fun. You know, it's something cool. that the kids like to do every year. So this year just happened to be on Easter that we did it, which I I think other years we've done it on the weekend of or previously, but I don't think not that I can remember we did it like on Easter. Mm-hmm. It was super fun. I took pictures of every single egg. So now that it's actually over, I don't mind posting them because <laughs> that way it doesn't ruin it for anybody that, you know, was possibly going to do it. I feel nice. like posting them before is just one of those like, hey, seriously, I was going to look for those. How dare you? Rah, rah, rah. Well, do you're they... going to help me out because I haven't seen any. <laughs> do they take them down right away or do they leave them up for a couple of days? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I would say that they take them down like the next day huh. because, I mean, that's just how Disney does, right? As soon as yeah. something's done, oh, yeah. within a day, everything's gone. Mm-hmm. Like the pumpkin. Now, you say you posted a picture of every one of them. Are no, we... I haven't done that yet. No, As okay. Well, you took a picture of every one. Yeah, Did yeah. you do DCA and Downtown Disney or just the Disneyland ones? Nah, dude, that's an extra $14. Well, you don't have to pay <laughs> to take pictures and find them. <laughs> That's you true. Pay for the map, but it's not as fun if you don't have the little map to put the uh, stickers. Ah, okay. I mean, I kind of had fun looking and spotting them. Yeah, but I didn't buy a map. I mean, we've done that before, but I think it's more for the kids and just going out there and trying to find them. Mm-hmm. We did have trouble locating one of them, and it was the one for Splash Mountain. Oh, that wow. was yeah. possibly the most difficult egg mm-hmm. that we had to find. Yeah, it's the tough because them, you have to dive underwater and swim up the the river. You have to hold your breath for three yeah. minutes. It's, it's and rough. if you're not careful, that log hits you in the face. Yep. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And none of that is true, by the way. I just want to make <laughs> that clear. Do not dive in the water <laughs> at Splash Mountain. This is your PSA. Uh, but yeah, we had fun. I don't exactly know how I feel seeing the tiny Adventureland sign off to the right-hand side as you're entering Adventureland now. <laughs> it feels like it's more of an advertisement than an announcement right. that you're walking into the land. <laughs> but I am looking forward to seeing whatever else they put there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really excited for it because I do love the Adventureland sign as we've known it, but... In some ways, it has become a little bit old to me. So I, I'm excited. I, I think what they did with the Tropical Hideaway is completely magical to me. I oh, really yeah. enjoy what yeah. they did over there. So just adding some of that new tiki flavor to the entrance to Adventureland, I think, will be awesome. And actually, yeah. I'm hoping it kind of spills over next door because if there's ever a lackluster entrance, it's that Frontierland entrance. Agreed. Right? Yeah. Agreed. They could do so much more with that. I don't think it's just the entrance, though. I mean, if you think about what they did with the Tropical Hideaway mm-hmm. and you implement some of that stuff into Rancho del Zocalo or in inside of the Golden Horseshoe mm-hmm. or even outside, you know, at yeah. the Riverbell Terrace. 
there's so much they can do in that area to spruce it up that, I mean, it would just be so much more magical out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love for them to do that. And who knows, it's, it may already be a part of Project Stardust. Right. Maybe. Project Death Star. <laughs> See, I, I wonder if some of Project Stardust is going to have to happen after they open Galaxy's Edge because they can only predict so much, right, about where right. the crowds are going to pool. And so Maybe. I think a lot of it they've addressed going into it, but I wonder how much of it they've set aside to evaluate like six months later and say, okay, now where where are the bottlenecks still happening and what can we do to resolve it? I think that might mm. be interesting to kind of revisit later on. Yeah, that's, that's a good uh, observation. I think more than likely they must have some kind of plan like that in place. Sure. And if they don't, I'm glad you just gave them the idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, looking at the where the Adventureland sign used to be, mm-hmm. I love that it's open. Yes, I miss the sign, but I love how open it is without that side canopy wall mm-hmm. partition part, whatever, yeah. insert name. Um, <laughs> I looked back and there was this, okay, I don't want to say this because then people are going to not be happy, but it kind of reminded me of Florida because it's so open. How dare I, you? I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. But I loved how I've open it was. I've been there via YouTube, and it's fantastic. Whatever, dude. You're such a dork. <laughs> I mean, it's going to get better. But I was like, I mean, I could appreciate how, how open it is. And I love how you could go back and be like, oh, this is a view I haven't seen. This is different. It's really nice. So yeah. it's going to get even better. Yeah. Isn't it strange, though, that just one minor tweak makes it feel so brand new again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Tropical Hideaway. Like, that whole corner of Adventureland feels open and new and magical. Like, I, I just really love how they're kind of just updating the feel of that area. And I think the new entryway is going to be no exception to that. It's so weird that Adventureland already felt like one of the better themed areas. Oh, yeah. And just the Tropical Hideaway just took it up to 100. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and it is only getting better. So, ah, just looking forward to all the changes. Excuse the pixie dust, as they say, (laughs) but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Hey, speaking of pixie dust, it looks like they're getting ready to open up that second structure now. Oh, man. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I saw more of it this weekend. You know, I kind of like the new escalators that they have on the opposite end for the new structure. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants to make sure that I park in the new structure just to use (laughs) those escalators. Yeah, it looks really cool. I like that it's got a new, like everything, it's just got a new contemporary feel to it. It looks like they've... Um, added some technology, which they're also incorporating into the Mickey and Friends structure, which is super exciting. Um, It looks like it's still kind of in the testing phase uh, at this point. But uh, yeah, it's going to be well needed come the end of next month for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The technology that you're talking about, uh, for those that don't know, is Disney is adding the electric boards that tell you how many spaces are available inside of the parking structure. 
this is not new technology. This is something that's been around for a really long time. And a lot of parking structures, especially in the Southern California area, other theme parks like Universal Studios have this functionality already uh, already available to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that Disney's adding it because there's times where you're getting off the five freeway, you're coming down Ball Road and you want to hit the structure. And then you try to go up the ramp and you see cones. <laughs> yep. And just that is not cool. So having the opportunity to see exactly how many spaces are available just helps. Uh, I hope that they put one of those signs up further away down the street, maybe on mm -hmm. Harbor or something, so that before you make your way down that street, you already have a notion that there are spaces available I think that would be super helpful, especially helping with the people that end up having to park at Toy Story or one of the other lots. We'll see. I mean, I think it'll be good to kind of spread those things out. But, I mean, what do you think? Do you guys think something like that would be helpful or is it enough to have it just at the structure? I think having it anywhere is going to be helpful because right now they're going to need, like, all hands on deck coming, you know, May 31st, uh, they're going to need everything that could help control crowds, cars, traffic, you name it. It's mm -hmm. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think even before this summer, they've needed a better system of notifying people, especially with Mickey and friends, because that's where most people head. And there's nothing as kind of deflating as showing up there, especially if you might happen to be in a hurry or running late you, and you really are anxious to get to the park, you show up at Mickey and Friends and they divert you to Toy Story. That can sometimes add an hour or more to your mm. park entry oh, time. And it's, you know, it's not like it's that far away, but it's, you know, they're sending all the traffic in that one direction and it's and it piles up. So. Uh, yeah, I've always thought that they needed a better system of letting you know as you approach the resort. And maybe this will lead to that um, and and add some efficiency to that process. Yeah. Did we ever have like an episode where we tried to forecast what the levels of the structure would be? Uh, I think we mentioned it at one point, but I don't think we ever ventured any guesses. I find yeah. it really interesting the way the direction that they took. Yeah, uh, it's been announced that Disney has decided that the six-level structure will be themed after Pixar. And yeah. they are calling it the Pixar Pals parking structure. Level one will be themed after The Incredibles. Level two will be themed after Coco. Three after Cars. Four, Monsters, Inc. Five, Finding Nemo. And six will be Inside Out. Uh, it feels like there's this weird parallel between... Mickey and Friends, the Disney structure, mm -hmm. and the Pixar Pals, the California Adventure structure. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's funny. Uh, that makes sense, though. I, I mean, yeah, those are kind of it's... all represented over there pretty much, except for Finding Nemo, which is in Disneyland. Um, ah, but, that's true. But, for now. Right. I, I really find this interesting kind of on a – defining the company kind of way one of the differentiating points between disney animated films and pixar animated films is the disney side typically has a singular hero or heroine and the pixar side it's typically a team up 
You know, it's a group of friends or partners or something. And there's there there hardly any like singular title characters. You know, like on the Disney side, we've got Aladdin, we've got Hercules, we've got Mulan, you know, like singular characters that drive the movie, right? With Pixar, yeah. you don't really have that at all. There's not a single movie named after a single character in the Pixar canon, right? Besides not Coco, besides well, Coco, actually, because that's one. named after Mama Coco. What about Brave? That's not her name, though. It's just a concept. No, that's what I'm saying. Right. It's not necessarily named after the character, but, I mean, right. there is a singular character. Yeah, I mean, you could say that that, but, I mean, in general, the trend yeah. is in Disney, oh, right, you right. have a singular yeah. hero or heroine, and in Pixar, it's usually a team. So identifying the levels, like not trying to do, you know, uh Mr. Incredible level and uh, Miguel level and a Lightning McQueen level, you know, like that's it, true. It doesn't work the same way. You don't have a Mickey Mouse for Pixar. You know, you really don't. There's no singular yeah. character there. So I, I don't know. To me, that it's very interesting. It's a very cool differentiating point between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great observation. Yeah, uh, I think some people. I mean, if we were to try to even begin to define what the Mickey Mouse character for Pixar would be, I think some people, if you want to put it into what most people know, some people are instantly going to say it's either Woody or it's Buzz. Mm -hmm. But I would argue that it's either the Luxo lamp or the Luxo ball. Sure, sure. You know, so what's interesting The real answer is it's Mater. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is there, Gavin. (laughs) I'm surprised that they didn't use the levels just as an extension of the existing characters because they are connected. So it could have just easily been, you know, flooded over and just called the entire level on both sides of the structure, Mickey, Goofy, Daisy, Minnie, Donald. Yeah, but you got to imagine, though, if you're that gives you two things you have to remember. Because you could be on Mickey North or Mickey South. And if you go to oh, Mickey yeah. North and head to the back of it and you're on Mickey South on the other side on the back, like, you know, like they got to they got to differentiate them a little bit more than that or else somebody could end up a mile away from their car. And you really I can think guarantee so? you yes. <laughs> that's what's going to happen when I start parking at the new parking structure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be gonna lost. Start going up to Mickey. <laughs> it's going to throw people <laughs> off. You're on the opposite end of Coco, and you're like, right? why am I at Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, oh, no, I totally understand what you're saying. I agree with you that it is strange that they took that approach. But, uh, yeah, the whole just calling it Pixar Pals, it feels like they are bookending both parks the same way with the structures. However, now I guess with Galaxy's Edge bookending Disneyland in a way, does that mean that the Mickey and Friends structure will now be the Batu structure? Maybe. No. <laughs> who, kn- mm. who knows? Mm-hmm. I- Maybe the new structure will be that. Yeah, there oh, you go. the third one. There you go. Yeah, the third structure will be the Star Wars structure. You've heard it here first. I'm on the Chewy level. <laughs> <laughs> that was my horrible Chewy impression, by the way. Well, what do you think they would do first? you think they'd do Star Wars or Marvel? Because I feel like Marvel's a bigger, oh, good question. bigger property for them right now than Star Wars is. Um, I know some Star Wars fans just got their hackles up over that, but 
I really feel like the MCU is stronger mm. right now than the Star Wars movie franchise. Right now. Uh, right now at this moment. I would Not say all time. I would agree with you that I think it would be a Marvel structure before Star Wars, primarily because Star Wars is already the first to get their land. And although people would argue, well, that's why they need the structure, right now the MCU has brought in way more money than Star Wars has. And aside from that, I think the fact that Disney and Marvel's team has such an amazing relationship where they put together these great attractions all around the world. They also do all the stuff on the cruises, all Mm -hmm. the shows that you see that tour around the arenas around the U.S. I mean, that is a joint venture between Marvel Entertainment and Disney that I think will play into the decision of let's build the Marvel structure versus a Star Wars structure. So, yeah, I I think it would be Marvel, too. I agree with you. And I believe that this is officially our nerdiest Disney discussion uh, so (laughs) far on the podcast. (laughs) What should they name the parking garage? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think there's other conversations out there. I think the Muppets get no love. Where's their parking structure? (laughs) Oh, no, you opened up that can. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of Pandora's box, Gavin? (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so many good things going on around the park. Mel, you mentioned something about Fantasmic that I was a little confused about but really intrigued by. Well, I was there Saturday, literally from noon to closing. I got to see Fan, um, the first one, and... You know, all is going well. Everything's happening. And here comes my favorite part. Maleficent's out there. She's doing her thing. And the buildup to the dragon is coming up. And there's no dragon. But the show went on. So, what Disney did was they projected a really good dragon. And worked it out to where the fire came out and the projection worked like it was just in sync it went off without a hitch it i was like this is pretty clever you know if it doesn't work you got this i want to say not replacement but you have this stand-in that works perfectly well Hmm. and it's not like a screen and it's just a projection no it's lasers oh interesting. so you see like you you could see her head like much larger you don't really see the whole body but that was awesome enough. Like for me, so, that was really cool. And I was standing by by pieces of eight. There's like a little mm-hmm. part where you could get your gumbo at the veranda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, dang, this is really cool looking. Huh. Without a dragon. So there was no water screen? No. It's all what laser is it projection. projected onto though? It's got to be projected onto something, right? Is it is it fog what like smoke? It on? I want to say it was fog. It and wasn't then, a projection. It wasn't a water screen. They shoot fire like from behind the projection. So it looks like fire's coming yeah. out of it. That's actually pretty dope. It I, is. I would, oh, man. And now, now catch me up. Are they refurbishing the dragon? Is it down I, for like temporary reasons? I have no clue. Interesting. I have no clue because I've been seeing pictures of the dragon like from the last weekend or the like couple of days before. Hmm. So I don't know if there was technical difficulties, but 
kudos to Disney for just letting that go. And the show just went off perfect. Huh. Yeah, yeah. that's cool to have a, a dragon understudy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dragon understudy. That's funny. That's very good. Anytime they can use lasers, I'm all in. I'm a sucker yeah. for lasers. Like with Mickey's Mix Magic, the lasers that they use, uh, it just tickles me to death. Oh, also, Rivers of America beats Main Street. Well, what? For Mickey's Mix Magic? Yes. Oh, There's I so much more lighting. That. Yes. Do you so? Do you face the phantasmic stage? Is that mm-hmm. okay? Do they do and like water screens and stuff? Yes, oh. and the the lights that are on the stage, they have the lights that are around the the whole area. You have lights all over. You got their lasers that they use for phantasmic. How many lasers? They're freaking lasers. They're awesome. Freaking I laser saw beams. dual colors. <laughs> 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 it oh, was really man. cool. I was like, you know what? Because the castle isn't being lit up. Yeah. I, I was like, dang, I should have been watching it from here. So it's there and it's Small World, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen either of those two. I've still just seen it on Main Street. So I'll have to swing by. <sighs> All right. We're going to have to make an evening out of this. Maybe two <laughs> so we can watch it from both locations. Time it right. Go on Pirates. Walk off. Just walk right where I was watching it. You're good. Yeah, just do that. Oh, I don't mind camping out. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind camping out because you can get yourself a nice little lobster roll from Harbor Galley and then just True. sit down and eat your homemade chips. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. You'll be good. Oh, man. I want to see this this laser dragon. <laughs> she was really sweet looking. It just seems so cool. Ugh. All right. I well, see it before again. June 23rd because then the park will forever be at maximum capacity and you might not, oh, not ever get oh, in again. June 23rd. Man. That's <laughs> yeah. true. <laughs> you know, speaking of maximum capacity, can we just talk about the news that Disney just dropped on us <sighs> today, as a matter of fact? Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about the next step in the epic saga. <laughs> <laughs> and since we're about to talk about an epic saga... I like that you always go to that very high-pitched sound. I feel like Scuttle. (laughs) I feel like Scuttle and just dropping it in everywhere. But So Disney dropped the news on Twitter this morning that May 2nd will be the first day when reservations can be made to get into Galaxy's Edge. Of course, most of the reservations that they are passing out uh, as of this moment, a lot of people are getting their confirmation emails because they are staying at one of the resort hotels. Anybody that stayed at the resort hotels during that time frame did get priority in order to visit Galaxy's Edge. I'm forecasting that if... You try to get a reservation on May 2nd. It's not going to be anywhere near the actual opening date. It's going to be closer to the real opening date to the general public because most of the people staying in the hotels will have taken all of those other reservations. Yep. Uh, from what I hear, it's going to be a very strict four-hour policy inside of Galaxy's Edge. Really? I don't exactly know. 
how they're going to enforce that outside of you being called rebel scum and then getting kicked out by stormtroopers, which nice. would be rad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be. But, you know, first of all, Disney, you dropped the ball. May the 4th was just two days after. Yep. I know it's a Saturday, but come on now. It was right there for the taking. <laughs> what do you guys think? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, personally, I have moved my hopes and expectations into late June because I I just don't see us getting reservations uh, during this several week period where they're doing this. I mean, it might yeah. happen. We might get lucky, but you know, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see it whenever I get to see it. I've got patience. I'm fine with, you know, waiting. You know, I didn't get to go on guardians of the galaxy mission breakout until about five months after it opened and I survived, uh, and I'll survive this too. So, you know, I've just, I've come to terms with it. You know, I'll see it when I see it. I really, really want to go. I really do. But I'm prepared for um, my screen with that circle just going and going and going. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, click here. No, no, no. It's going to be horrible. The old days but... with the hourglass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Connection error. Please try again. But this website is unreachable. Right? <laughs> no, but I already have I have plan B just in case I don't get to go. I'm going to a Dodger con a Dodger game. Mm. Same day. Mm. Less people. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> it's actually probably a really good day to go to like Universal or Knott's Berry Farm because nobody will be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be trying to get in anywhere lines. else, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I obviously would love to be there on opening day. Unfortunately, I don't have the money to stay at one of the hotels during that time frame, and I, at this moment in time, we just don't have the press credentials to be let in early. So. Until we get there, we have to wait, and if we get lucky, hopefully we'll get a chance to see it within the one-month preview period. But I I think now my expectations, um, I don't want to say I necessarily gave up. I want to say that I'm trying to be more realistic about it, (laughs) just like you, Gavin. I'm a little more anxious to see it than I think you are, uh, just because of the fact that it's you know, it's something brand new and I just, I want to be there and I know that I'm eventually going to get a chance to see it, but I want to be there first day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I can understand. I'm, I wouldn't ever say that I'm less excited to see it than you are. I'm just less about having to see it before other people see it or as soon as or at the same time as other people i'm cool with Mm. waiting my turn and i'm not saying i'm a big i sound like i'm being really like like speaking down to you right now i'm not i'm just saying like i'm cool (laughs) i'm super excited but my expectations of when i'm gonna get to see it are are lower than yours is all i'm saying yeah I'm, you know, it's so weird because 
when you when you're part of something like we are, you know, we have this podcast where we talk about our love for the parks, we talk about our love for the attractions, the history. Uh, but at the same time, personally, my goal is to be able to provide as much content as possible for everybody, whether it's audible or visual. And no, that's not an audible ad. Maybe that'll come later. But <laughs> as a content creator, I want to be out there. But when you're adulting, like you just can't be there all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I have responsibilities. I can't be there 24-7. And so it's difficult for us to go out there and take these YouTube videos for the people that can't go you know, every month or can't be there until next year or whatever the case is. And so for me, uh, there's there's this clash in my brain where a part of me feels really bad and feels really guilty about not getting an opportunity to go out there to share that with our listeners and our YouTube channel viewers, because I would love to provide that content for all of them. I just don't have those opportunities available to me yet and until that day comes i just have to settle for whatever i can get when i can get it but at the same time i'm also a fan and one of the hardest things that's going to happen for me is uh, trying to avoid it on social media and it's it's i feel like it's going to be unavoidable yeah i think we're going to get bombarded by it and by the time i go It'll be magical, just not as magical as if I was seeing it with my eyes for the very first time, you know, because I think there's a different expectation to uh, I'll give you an example. I don't know when I'm going to go to Shanghai, but my plan is to one day get over the whole flying thing and go to Shanghai one day to go to Tokyo Disney Sea to even go to Disney World for Mickey's sake. But (laughs) until that happens, right? When something new happens at any of those resorts, I have to watch it on YouTube because I know that I'm not going to go in the next 30 to 60 to 90 days. So I've, I've come to terms with watching it on YouTube and being okay with that. This for me is different because it's, it's something that's within my grasp. I feel like if I watch it on YouTube or watch it on social media, it's going to spoil it for me. And so I know that's a weird disconnect because we don't like to spoil things, but at the same time we want to share things and there's, yeah. you know, there's this weird clash with that, but I hope you all listening understand <laughs> what I'm trying to say here. Like, I, we get it. I feel like I just went into ramble mode. <laughs> Always remember though, you could see things on pictures, but it's a different experience from when you first see it. It's yeah. always going to be this different. Like you could watch everything on youtube you could go to epcot tomorrow and be like okay i saw it no it's so different from when you're there because there's smells there's different like just the atmosphere so yeah don't beat yourself up you know it's it's still gonna be magical no matter what once you get there the reason i say that is because i saw a lot of buena vista street you know, when it had opened, I didn't get to go in there the first day or the first weekend. Mm-hmm. But when I got there, I was just like, this is not like the pictures. This is, it was awesome. So I'm pretty sure it'll be like that. Don't just knock on wood. We're going to try <laughs> to go. If not, it's all going to be good. Right. <laughs> Trying to be positive here. Right. I mean, it, it's very much like art, right? It, you, you can look at a classic painting in an art history book. 
but you haven't seen that painting until you've stood in front of it in a museum. It's it's a wholly different experience, you know. Mm-hmm. If you look at, you know, somebody like Van Gogh in a book or even in a poster print, you get a sense of what it is. But if you stand in front of it in person, you get to see a totally different richness of color, uh, texture, you know, the, the whole expression of it. It's totally different. That being said, we know that Hazen's going to be up on mini level of, of the parking garage on May 31st with his telephoto lens, just trying to get how, pictures. How <laughs> dare you, sir? <laughs> Expose my plan to the world. <laughs> I'll help. <laughs> Bring a step ladder. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny that in Southern California, drones are technically illegal. And I've been super happy with the drone footage that we've gotten as the fly-throughs by the Imagineers. And then a couple of news outlets have had a chance to do a flyover Galaxy's Edge. And, I mean, that's a little bit of uncharted territory, right? Because there really is a no-fly zone around Disneyland. So the fact that they've had an opportunity to even hover there and get images of Galaxy's Edge, I think is super cool. Mm -hmm. And I hope we get a chance to see a little bit more of that because there's a meme going around where there's the concept art of like three or four people at Galaxy's Edge, and then they split it, and at the bottom it's like these droves of people walking into Galaxy's Edge, like concept versus reality. (laughs) And I I know that that's what it's going to be like. Well, we all remember Cars Land. It's going to be funny to see. It's not that long since Cars Land opened, and that was, you know, it was completely, completely filled from wall to wall with people for probably six months. So, question: What do you think the wait time for Peter Pan is going to be? Ah, three hours. That never, that never changes. That's as constant <laughs> as like gravity and like I'm... <laughs> mathematics. Like it's, it's a constant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm almost positive that that sign's broken and it just permanently says <laughs> 90 minutes all the time. 3 a.m. in the morning. It's an hour wait. Yeah. <laughs> Cast members are taking their turns. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Tink, Uh, off to Neverland. I will tell you, it will be interesting to keep an eye on. And if it's a 15-minute wait, I'll ride it. Yeah. I I mean, I haven't ridden that in well over a year because it's not worth getting in that line, man. Yeah, we rode it a couple weeks ago when we went and we tried out the play app inside of the queue. We had something to do, exactly, and it was only because we hadn't done that queue with the play app yet. So mm-hmm. we figured, okay, might as well do it. And I mean, it's it was fun, but before that, I would say it was probably about a year yeah. that I wrote that attraction. Ooh, have you done the Space Mountain one yet? No, not yet. Oh mm-hmm. man, are are your boys into Space Mountain yet? Have they gone on they, that? They well, one of them isn't tall enough he might be tall enough now but he hasn't been tall enough to ride it our youngest and our oldest is okay with roller coasters but not a fanatic like i am well the one for space mountain is really fun it's got different elements to it part of it is like some kind of arcadey video gamey action and then part Mm. of it is kind of like uh scavenger hunt kind of like peter pan so oh, cool. it's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think once Galaxy's Edge opens, though, that play app is going to go next level because oh, I yeah. saw some of the preview screens that they had during the Star Wars celebration uh, presentation that they did. Dude, they're adding so much more functionality to that app. Wow. And I mean, we've heard already that how you ride certain attractions, what the outcome is, what side you choose when you first walk in will determine the outcomes of a lot of other things, who follows you around, how people react to you, etc. But I'm also wondering, is there a way to reset that so that you can kind of navigate through the land on the opposite side and see what the experience is that way? Because the app remembers everything about you. Mm-hmm. So how would you reset that to get a new experience the next time you go? New account. Ah. <laughs> I'll just ask. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they let you do it both ways. I agree. Because that would be really cool to to be able to experience it in two different ways. I, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Again, like that's why I'm cool with waiting because there's going to be so much that can't be expressed in an online post or in a picture or whatever that you're going to get to experience firsthand. Like those spherical Coca-Colas, man. Oh, I I have friends at work already asking me to get them some. I was like, dude, I don't even know if I'm going to get into that area of the park until December 2022. Right. (laughs) It's going to be wild. (laughs) but yes if they're available i'll do it nice it's funny too because i I remember when they mentioned those little coke bottles they were like never been done before this is this and this i was like didn't they have those santa claus yeah they were ornaments with the polar bears in that same christmas ornament ones yeah like yeah (laughs) i agree i was kind of bummed that that's what they ended up with because they built it up like it was something yeah totally new and it's it's really not, you know, but yeah. it's still cool that it's Star Wars themed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, it it's just recycled. It's okay. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think we should move on. Oh, there is one more thing I wanted to mention, and this is kind of a follow-up about some stuff that we've talked about before. You know, we talked about Disney purchasing Fox. It was something that was a long time in the making. And not too long ago, I brought up the question, you know, what's going to happen to Hulu, especially now that we have Disney Plus officially announced? You know, we know that Disney had uh, a large stake in Hulu and they technically had a majority stake. This last week, it was announced that AT&T has kind of folded over on their part of Hulu and they've sold it off to Disney and Comcast. Now, that officially makes Disney and Comcast the only owners of Hulu at this moment, and Disney does have majority. There was an interview with Bob Iger where he was asked, what's going to happen with all these services that you have? Do you really think that people want these individual services, and what's going to happen to the people that want them bundled? And his answer was, that they're all separate because not everybody wants everything. ESPN Plus is its own, Disney Plus will be its own, Hulu is its own, and that's very true. But there are people that will want it bundled because they already have you know, these other services. And part of the reason I'm bringing it up is because we made the decision to officially cut the cord too. We are no longer subscribed to cable. It wasn't worth us keeping it anymore. We realized that we just don't watch TV. Mm -hmm. Like all of the stuff that we watch 
is on demand somewhere. We signed up for Hulu. We already had Netflix. We already had Amazon. All the stuff that we watch, all the stuff our kids watch is all on demand either through any of the services. And once Disney Plus comes around, I feel like it's going to be complete. Everything that we will want to watch is under that umbrella. And if Disney happens to clump everything together with Hulu... It's even better. It's going to be a win for for us that have the same types of services or all of those bundled into one. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think Hulu is going to eventually disappear and then Disney will just consume all the properties that they already own on there? Or do you think they'll leave it as a separate service because of how it handles the other properties that they don't necessarily own? For instance, all the Viacom stuff. Yeah, I think it will be kept separate as far as like kind of an a la carte sense. So like you can get Disney Plus or or Hulu, yada yada, or you can get a whole package together. But I I think for branding reasons, they would want to keep it separate, you know, kind of like Touchstone Pictures. You know, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. want everything directly under Disney Plus. I wouldn't think maybe they maybe people don't care uh, and they just want all or more or everything. Uh, it kind of seems like Disneyland is like the hungry, hungry hippo in the entertainment industry, just <laughs> gobbling everything up right now. Uh, it, it's a little disconcerting and it's, you know, I don't always know where to stand on all of these things that Disney's absorbing. But, uh, you know, I've been a Hulu subscriber for a long time. Uh, we enjoy Hulu and a lot of the content that they have, even the original stuff. So I hope that some of that stuff doesn't change. But I don't know. I don't need it to be lumped in with anything else, personally. Hmm. Yeah, I totally see it being separate, like, on its own. And just like how you you just said it, Gavin, it's due to branding, mm-hmm. um, people are more familiar with it. So if they know this, they're going to want that. If they know that this is with this, but it's a different brand, they may, may lose customers. So um, mm-hmm. that's what I totally see. And I cut cable like three years ago. Yeah, we, so, did. we did years ago too. Yeah, everything's online, like you just said, with demand and whatnot that kind of goes along with and maybe this is what allows me to have a slightly different um, viewpoint on galaxy's edge than you do hazen because i haven't kept up with a live tv show in years i'm willing to wait in a delayed sense for it to be on netflix or hulu you know because i'll see it when i I see it and and, you know if i if it's something i'm interested i mean i'll wait for it i'll watch it when it comes out i don't have to see it day one uh so Maybe that's why I'm able to say I'm cool with waiting a month or so to see Galaxy's Edge because I do it with anything I watch. That's interesting. It's a good point. Because I feel I feel like living in this a la carte world that we live in, you do your brain does really begin to mold uh, in the sense where you almost expect the instant satisfaction of an entire season of dropping all at once. Yep. You know, especially if it's original content from Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, you expect all 12 to 20 plus episodes to be available one day and then we're up for 14 hours watching Sabrina. 
Not that we did that recently, but maybe wow. we did. I can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny that. Wow. It was such a good series, Gavin. You don't even it's understand. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> but that's beyond the point here. And the point is that the funny thing about that comment is that I personally don't DVR that that much stuff anymore. I started going through the DVR and I have some stuff on there, like some stuff I haven't watched or deleted, like a bunch of Gravity Falls episodes, which is available on Hulu. Uh, the Christmas Parade from last year, which we saw and I just forgot to delete because our DVR would hold a bunch of stuff. And so I feel that anything that I do want to watch, you know, that we watch together, like This Is Us, for instance, This Is Us is on Hulu. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes out weekly. And even when we don't watch it weekly, we did DVR it. And then we would binge two or three episodes on a Saturday night or Sunday night or something when, you know, once the kids went to bed. So even if that was the case, I feel like I can wait mm -hmm. because I haven't really been watching a lot of live TV. Uh, but I see where you're coming with it. Like, I, I can understand that my brain is a little bit different in that function because we just switched over. And I know you guys have been recommending it for a really long time. <laughs> um, so just be happy. I finally pulled the trigger. We're finally cord cutters as well, completely. <laughs> when I when I finally signed up for Hulu and, you know, went through the process, I, I was still sitting there trying to justify it in my own brain. And Lynette was like, yeah, I've been on board with this for a long time. Why don't you just do it? I've been waiting for you to pull the trigger. I was like, Ugh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, especially because there's a lot of shows like Boy Meets World on Hulu that I will transition to Disney+. Plus. I think my question is, will it appear on both services or will people be forced to sign up for Disney+, Plus for all those Disney properties that, you know, currently appear on Hulu? Mm -hmm. And, you know, will that be the divide at that point? So I think that's really the core of my question. Personally, I don't think it's going to affect me because there's a lot of stuff on Hulu that Disney doesn't own that I want to continue watching. Mm -hmm. But I, we are going to sign up for Disney Plus, you know. So either way, I think I'm going to get a chance to see that content. So, uh, okay, I think it's time to move on because we've been blabbing about Hulu and all this stuff for for quite <laughs> yeah. some time now. So. <laughs> Okay, uh, before we continue, I just want to make a quick announcement that there's a couple of new shirts up in the gear section over at podcateers.com. This last week, we released our brand new Ice Queen shirt. But more importantly, for all you Jack-Jack fans, we also have the Num Num Cookie shirt yeah. available oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that shirt. I'm, I'm ordering one for myself, by the way. If you use the code FROZEN before April 30th, you will get 10% off your entire order. Ooh. So head on over. Check that out. Anyhow, I think we should move on. So right. before we do, I do want to remind everybody that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you in part by the generosity of our podcast, Fairy Godparents. They like to call themselves the FGP Squad. So if you would like to become part of the FGP Squad, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. You can head over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information on how you can sign up. In June is our anniversary episode, and starting in June, we have some really cool stuff coming up for the FGP Squad. 
every three months or so, we are going to be giving away a shirt to someone on the FGP squad. It's going to be just a random giveaway as a thank you from us to all of you for your support. And more information will be coming up on Patreon, as a matter of fact, where all of our fairy godparents currently are. So if you want to be a part of the FGP squad, again, podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. To everyone on the FGP squad, we just want to send out a huge thank you to all of you for your support. It's time. Yeah. It's time for armchair imaginary portion of this episode. We will be concentrating on none other than Mickey's Toontown. Now, I will admit that I did have a problem with this one. Is the leash too tight, Hazen? <laughs> did we constrain you too much? I, you kind of did. Too many rules. You kind of did. You added too many rules. And I will admit I had a difficult time with this one. But I think what I came up with could be a fun attraction especially considering that the way that I want it implemented is a mixture of things that we already have seen just presented slightly differently. Okay. Are, are um, you kicking right. it off? Are you going to go into it? I will. I'll kick it off. All right. I don't have a problem Bring doing it, that. Bring it, dude. All right. So, uh, you know, Toontown is a really interesting place because, you know, a lot of the structures, especially on the right side of Toontown when you walk in, feel very Roger Rabbit-esque especially the gag factory and everything around there. As you move towards to the left of Toontown, uh, the, the same architecture is there, but there's a clear delineation once you pass City Hall that, there, you know, it's Mickey's neighborhood. Like you kind of get like the downtown area and then you get like this little neighborhood where all of these characters live, right? And in that neighborhood there's one thing that kind of stands out and it stands out for two reasons. The attraction that I'm talking about right now is Gadget's Go Coaster. And the reason it stands out is because unlike the other things that are there, it's not necessarily a house per se. It does have a section where Gadget lives or Gadget does, you know, she makes her creations, her inventions, but it doesn't feel like a house. It's more like her shop, right? It's yeah. more like a shop. Yeah. yeah, it's not the living quarters like it is for Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, or even Chip and Dale in their treehouse. So I would actually opt to get rid of Gadget's Go Coaster. And I struggled with this because Gadget's Go Coaster, I think, is one of the more uh, fun attractions in both parks, especially for kids, even more so than something like Goofy's Fly School or Goofy Sky School. I I think that attraction is okay, but there's so much more roller coaster goodness in what Gadget's Go Coaster brings hmm. that it was difficult for me to come to terms with that's what I want to get rid of inside of Toontown because I think that everything else serves a purpose there. With that said, I would want to take that area – and extend a little to the back where there's like the walkway and like the train, like maybe underneath to build the attraction, kind of like the mansion is, mm-hmm. where it's built under the, the train tracks and stuff, okay. under the, the berm. Sure. Uh, and I would build an attraction uh, for a property that I think has seen 
uh, a little bit of a resurgence, especially in the last year with the new animated series, and that is DuckTales. DuckTales, I feel, uh, is one of those properties that is loved by a lot of people, not just because it was a Disney afternoon property, but with the resurgence of the new animated series. I can see them doing a lot of great stuff with DuckTales, and they are just not taking advantage of it. So my idea for this attraction is to build a hybrid dark ride slash simulator. So remember when we talked about Tomorrowland and I talked about the Wally ride? Yeah. How there would be kind of like these projected elements, but there was also a physical element where it was moving you around. Mm -hmm. So I thought about that idea a little bit more, and I've been trying to hash that out in my head a little bit. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to use this updated version where it's in the dark. You have black lights. So it's very similar to dark rides. And you have this almost dome projection where the attraction is moving you in whatever direction as you're trying to escape from the Beagle Boys (laughs) or you're trying to catch the Beagle Boys who just broke into Uncle Scrooge's money bin and you're trying to get to them before they leave Duckburg with all of Uncle Scrooge's loot. And as you're going through Duckburg and you're kind of racing through it in the simulator, you have these opportunities where the vehicle itself would lift in such a way. And from the left or right hand side, you would see cutouts of Gizmo Duck appearing saying, come with me, I'll help you. Or like Darkwing Duck coming in from the top, like I am the terror that flaps in the night. <laughs> and then you have all these supporting characters popping out from different directions so you have that like dark ride element that we're so familiar with and we like so much which we still see in in attractions like roger rabbit Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. or we can even see the full-blown animatronics that we see like in monsters inc or roger rabbit or any of these other attractions you know ariel's undersea adventure for instance um but the majority of the attraction because there's such a space constraint would be within the structure of what feels like the simulator that's just, you know, running you through very similar to Star Tours or any of the attractions at Universal Studios. Uh, So DuckTales, I think, is what I would bank on to expand Toontown with a property that I think is very familiar, especially being so close to Donald, and I think would fit really well within the confines of toontown itself nice dude great minds think alike and i can't wait to share one of my ideas oh man oh you did ducktales too oh yeah (laughs) that's amazing so yeah like i like this idea um and like ducktales i agree it's like got this resurgence so like there's the nostalgia from those of us that grew up with the original and then there's this new group of fans you know, brought on by the new one. So mm-hmm. I think, man, that's a perfect property to to bring back and to bring back strong, especially since there's a current show and especially since Disney Plus is going to hopefully revive or like, you know, bring back to life a lot of the old Disney shows that we all know and love. So, yeah. man, that's, that's a really good pick. I like, I like the idea that you're incorporating physical elements in it into the simulation as well it kind of like 
what we're going to see with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. That's part of what gave me the yeah. idea because nice. of how it's this 4D experience. Yeah. I feel like that can be fully implemented into other attractions. Sure. And if I if I understand how the the Mickey attraction is going to function in that 4D territory, I think it'll function really well for this too. Yeah. Wait, aren't they calling it 2.5D? Yeah, technically they are calling it two and a half D. Okay, that's what I thought. Because there, I mean, there is some three D projections and there are physical elements. So I guess yeah, I guess technically I should call it two and a half D. I, I I just remember them saying that that's what they were calling it at the expo two years ago. Yeah. By the right. way, they I, released I when they were going to open that attraction, and it's far too distant in the future. What the heck? Twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. What it does feel really heck? far away. What are they doing? Star Wars Building Land will the be done. Attraction. Oh, okay. That's probably what <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. doing. No, they they want to get that done first. It's part yeah. of Project Stardust. I, yeah. It's probably Marvel that's in the way, right? They got to they got to do the Marvel stuff before they can get back to Mickey and Minnie. Maybe it's true. Or they want to see how it does in Florida to make sure that they can tweak it properly to make sure that we get a better version. Oh, is theirs opening hmm. before then? I think it is. Oh, not not much longer though. But I feel like theirs okay. is opening. I could be wrong. But if I remember correctly, theirs is opening sooner than ours Ooh, is. That's always interesting when one opens there first because that, that's a rare occasion. I'll double check, okay. but I'm cool. pretty sure that it is. All right. So who's going to continue? Do you want to piggyback on his, Melissa, since you have a similar theme? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll totally. And actually, <laughs> I couldn't stop. Like I wanted to giggle. I was like, no, I'm going to listen to all this, and then I'm going to chime in. So what I would do is I'm going to take over the city hall area Ooh. and oh. what i want to do is i want to bring duckburg there yes and i wanted to bring mcduck manor <sighs> and have that to the right of city hall and then i want the um the bank on the left since we have a bank they ah. could just make it a structure right but i'm going to get back to the manor first what i was thinking about the manor is not an attraction. Technically, I would love to be able to walk into this manor, kind of like Mickey's house, where yeah, you walk okay. in, you see all the, all the, you know, the props and whatnot. And at the end, you'll get to meet Uncle Scrooge. It could actually be David this- Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it. What I would like to see is, you know, yes, we could have Uncle Scrooge, but we got everybody else. You know, let's switch it up. Let's make it an awesome meet and greet. Mm -hmm. I think it would be really cool to bring like a crowd diverter and just, Mm -hmm. you know, bring people into Toontown because it really lacks that. Unless you're going to go see Mickey, which is nothing bad. (laughs) Nothing bad. But, you know, it needs a little bit more love. So I would love to see McDuck Manor right there. Now, for the bank. I would love to bring what Toontown once had, and that was the acorn pit. Mm-hmm. And they have this. I would love to see the money bin pit yep. back yes. in there. And I was thinking, you know, that would be really awesome to have that. And during Halloween time, bring out the Beagle Boys. Let's play <laughs> it up a little bit, you know. Yes. I, I think it'd be awesome to see them right there with Ma just teasing or or something i mean they could totally make it like a really quick show and toontown does this already where they'll have like 
a promo going on for like Mickey's Mix Magic. So they'll have like the music playing for like maybe a few minutes. I think it'd be pretty sweet to see like this little thing like they're trying to come in. They're trying to get the loot or they're trying to go to the manor. Something. I think it'd be really, really fun. And it'd bring like some activity there. I love that idea. <laughs> so when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to match what I one of the ideas. I think yours is way better than mine. See, yeah. now, <laughs> and it could totally work because, you know, Disney, I just figured out why Disney has this timeline because they saw our production schedule. They wanted to hear our ideas. And now, <laughs> knowing that they're going to have to turn the center section of Toontown into Duckburg, they're going to move Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway to the other end of toontown so mm-hmm. that's that's <laughs> why their timeline is as such i think we just figured it yeah, out that, that makes sense that sounds 100 percent legit the money bin uh is a must it was mm-hmm. like the photo op of the disney expo two years ago and then they yes. did a traveling exhibit of it as well and it was like hot everywhere it went yeah. it's like the ultimate selfie opportunity plus it's also everyone's dream to jump into a bin full of money yeah Mm -hmm. right right that's genius i love it all right you win (laughs) (laughs) we'll use your ducktales idea all right gavin all right so my idea ducktales no just kidding (laughs) uh no i actually am going in a in a com not a completely different direction but a a decidedly different direction. Uh, I'm staying within the realm of television because I too believe that Disney is finally on the verge of truly celebrating its television properties. And it makes sense for us to uh, revel in that, especially in a place like Toontown. So I'm going to basically expand Toontown similarly to what Hazen did. Um, But, you know, there's this, kind of idea that we have as Disney fans now, especially with Star Wars going into the north end of the park. And they basically just decided, oh, we'll just move these buildings and warehouses somewhere else. Well, there's still a lot of area back there with a lot of buildings and warehouses. And so I just feel like I can move any of them. So I'm going (laughs) to expand Toontown to the west And basically so that my concept butts up against the back of Galaxy's Edge um, and kind of swings around to the north a little bit. So I'm going to increase the size of Toontown by about 50% here. Uh, As per usual, what I'm dreaming up here is a bit of a complex, more than just one element. But I'm going to remove something that some people may be sad to see go, but I'm getting rid of the Chippendale Treehouse because that's going to become the entrance to this new expanded area. That area is going to be filled with a colonnade of trees uh, through which you will have to pass in order to enter this new land. And you won't be able to really see all the way through the trees until you get through them and it will open up into kind of a meadow surrounded by a forest. And in the center of this meadow will be none other than the mystery shack. (gasps) Yes! It's time, (laughs) kids, for us all to travel to Gravity Falls. (laughs) Okay, okay, look. I don't win. (laughs) I'm sorry, Melissa. I don't even have to hear the rest of what Gavin has to say. I'm on board for two reasons. One, 
it's Gravity Falls. <laughs> right. Two, it's Gravity Falls. <laughs> <laughs> and three, a long time ago at the Disney Expo, when if, when Gravity Falls was first starting, they had a pop-up mm-hmm. mystery shack that you could walk into, Ooh. and it was one of the coolest experiences there. That's awesome. I think I have photos of it. I'm going to look through my archive, and if I do, I'll post them uh, in the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com slash 253. Uh, I might even post a couple in the Instagram story so you guys uh, get an opportunity to see it. But, yes, you win. <laughs> Meeting adjourned. <laughs> Let's do this. I haven't even really gotten to my idea yet. That's it. You win. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you win all the space so so, so the shack is the, is the focus of my idea right like you're going to be able to go into the front of the shack visit the gift shop going to be souvenirs you know really tacky classic grunkle stand kind of merchandise it's going to be amazing of course it'll be filled to the brim with dipper pines hats uh and yeah, you'll be able to get all your knickknacks there. Out in the front, you'll be able to um, – there'll be a pen with waddles, and you can see some of the characters out there. But the core of my concept centers around the shack and all of its mysteries, and mm-hmm. we've uncovered a new mystery. So just away from the shack a little ways is uh, – you can see some new trees have been cleared away, revealing a new – uh, bunker like a storm shelter that hadn't been noticed before so that's where the queue starts we go into this shelter which leads to a new subterranean level of the mystery shack and this is where we discover a new area of the mystery shack that and i kind of imagine this as um ford uh, kind of showing us this new area and you're kind of mm-hmm. along with Dipper and Mabel and Grunkle Stan on this new exploratory mission, so to speak. And Seuss has to be on there too, dude. Oh, Seuss. Yeah. Yeah. You got to include Seuss. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. Seuss, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea it for the attraction uh, format, think of it as a reverse tower of terror. So we're going to explore multiple subterranean levels of the shack. So it's not going to go up. It's just going to go down. And since it's going to be part of Toontown, it's going to be a little more kid-friendly than Tower of Terror or Guardians of the Galaxy. So kind of like maybe a little bit more intense than the Jumpin' Jellyfish. But, you know, a little a little softer idea. It's more mm-hmm. about the story and the adventure than it is the adrenaline and the thrill, right? But we're going to be dropping down several levels and discovering scenes as they open up in front of us of weird, wacky, crazy, Hirsch-inspired things that are going to happen with portals and time travel and weird Mageddons. And I'm going to call the whole thing the Weird Levator. It's going to be amazing. You you win, sir. (laughs) That's it. Meeting adjourned. I mean, I just feel like they could create this cool little, like, nook back there and surround it by cartoon pine trees. And it could be kind of isolated, like you're in this real cartoon forest. And 
it could be mysterious and there could be clues around the land that you could like look for and like scavenger hunts and things you could do and like maybe interactive things. I, I think they could have so much fun, especially if they allowed Hirsch to get creative with an actual physical experience that people could walk into because the dude's a genius and yeah. if they brought him kind of back into the fold and made up with him and was like, oh, we really love you, I think I think it could be amazing. You think so? Yeah. You think that'll happen? I don't, but I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of there with you, man. And I'll tell you the truth. When I first started thinking about this, my mind originally drifted to Gravity Falls. But I decided to stay away from it because – I personally, at the time that I started developing my ideas, I didn't feel like it was a property that Disney would want to invest in. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, put me in this weird mindset of like, ah, my my initial idea is already done. (laughs) And so it put me in this weird mood. I'm not, I mean, look, this is why I had so much trouble with this. I mentioned it earlier, and I know I mentioned it to both of you Mm -hmm. over the last few days. I really struggled with this one because I... I felt like I wanted to develop something Gravity Falls-ish, but I was almost afraid to because I would get so excited about it. And I thought, okay, well, what are the properties that we'd really be likely to see if they really did a Toontown overhaul? Yeah. And DuckTales was one of those uh, that I felt that because it's it has a modern element to it, that... It, it has the best chance of really making it into Toontown. But, man, I want to see this happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm green lighting this so fast. <laughs> all the funds, all the space, it's yours. Let's just do Let's do it. What are we waiting for? I mean, what's cool <laughs> is for the first time, none of us really competed for the same space. So we could do all three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a couple of other ideas that I played with, but... The the other idea that I had was I wanted to take a tailspin, you know, Ooh. because I wanted to kind of incorporate some Disney afternoon stuff. And I wanted to kind of do a mini version of Soarin' Over California, mm. but make it in the in the Spruce Goose yeah. or the Spruce Moose. I, that idea just kind of fell away. And then the only other idea that I had, did, did you guys have other ideas you wanted to share? Or are we calling it with these three? I have two more. Ooh. Okay, because nice. I only I only really developed one because I didn't decide to fully develop the other ones. Mm-hmm. I do have one more that I can talk about. Do you have any more, Gavin? No, I focused on that one um, so that I would bring in the victory again. So you guys can <laughs> you know have your have your consolation prizes. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I I loved your idea. I mean, oh yeah, I'm I'm totally on board, dude. I'm sorry, Mel. I I know I told you you win. Um, but like Gavin said, we're not competing for the same space, so I guess technically they could all happen. Um, yeah. So the other idea that I had implemented, and then we'll we'll jump to your other two, Mel, so you, we okay. can uh, close up the show. But the other idea that I had was still taking over Gadget's Go Coaster area, and unfortunately, I would also take down uh, Chippendale's Treehouse because I would still extend in the same direction, and in a very unpopular decision, I would get rid of <clears throat> magical map. That entire theater would be gone, but it would also play into future plans for Tomorrowland because I would want to get rid of Autopia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the idea that I had for Toontown was creating a new raceway 
uh, modeled after Mickey and the Roadsters. Nice. Which is a very popular uh, property that they have on Disney Channel, on Disney Junior right now. Mm-hmm. The, the tech behind it is slightly different than what's currently in Autopia. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen these, but there's a lot of indoor racetracks with like go karts mm-hmm. that have these computerized engines that they can actually flip on and off and control from from a room across the building. And so they can set them up in such a way where the cars won't bump into each other. If they're in any type of proximity, they begin to move away from themselves to avoid crashing and avoid spin outs. And so for a kid friendly uh, attraction, I think we can have that same technology where the kids can race against each other and it is a random person that wins, but you're racing with Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Goofy and oh, all the other characters. Man. That's cute. So it's basically Mario Kart oh, with these Disney characters. But they're cool. all computerized carts where you don't have to worry about the kids spinning out or having crazy accidents on the track. Okay, we just tripled the size of Toontown. That's right. That <laughs> I actually think I like that one better than your first idea. That's a Oh, really? Yeah, racing with the characters like in yeah. cars next to you. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, I guess. I would want to see Gizmo so do that. Oh. Oh, okay. Cuz you said Mario Kart. I'm thinking instead of bananas, we're throwing Disney snacks. <laughs> oh my. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> You flip a Dole Whip, yeah. you flip a Mickey ice cream. <laughs> oh, man, that's so cool. Oh, that's amazing. That was All right, maybe uh, I should a live good with one. That. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad I'm already using that area for our future uh, Fantasyland talk. So, sorry, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, look, there's enough space to go around. We can make the track smaller. We can make uh, Elsa's, we can make Arendelle a little smaller. There we go. It'll be fine. Okay. We can squeeze build everything. Build upwards. <laughs> yeah. <build> upwards. <laughs> or downwards, as in the, uh, what'd you call it? The weird levator. The weird levator? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Man, that's a great idea. I love it. So my second idea is I'm actually taking something that's already currently in Toontown, but we can make this better. Toontown's lacking a restaurant. Word. There is mm-hmm. nothing like it. And I really think this character needs representation. And I'm talking about Daisy. So what I was thinking was taking Daisy's diner. You know, we're going to take the foods that they currently sell because they're, you know, they're kid friendly, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. But I would love to see a full diner. And just like Goofy, Donald, Mickey and and, uh, Minnie, how each home has these little things that represent them. So mm-hmm. why not have this thing with AC, seating, shade, really cool things dedicated to Daisy herself. I thought about this and I'm like, there's outdoor seating, but in the summer, yeah, it's there's rough. no fans, there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, there's no good shady spots in Toontown. Well, there's that part when you enter to the left, there's like that little turnout with like some seating in there and there's some shade in there, yeah. but like... You're away from all the magic in there. Right. So The only thing I had an issue with is that her color palette is already very much what Minnie ha- 
like her house has, which mm. is purple and pink and white. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, let's base it off like a little bit more white, you know, white yellow, mm-hmm. put a little bit of the trim. But I would love to see like pictures of her from her shorts. Yeah. Her, uh, you know, Donald, things like that. Just somewhere that they could just sit down and eat. I like that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, because you could have it like kind of like flows in Cars Land, yeah. you know, more like a diner. You could be playing, you know, fun music in there. You could have burgers and fries and chicken strips right. and corn dogs yeah. and mac and cheese. But maybe like, you know how like when you go to all the other restaurants, it's like a menu and then there's like two kid options. You could do the mm-hmm. reverse there. It'd be like all kid options and then like yeah. two adult options, you know, like you could get oh, it that's a, a grown idea. up meal because I bet a lot of parents are in there going, oh, geez, we're getting food here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that's I like really that cool. Idea. You know what? I actually just thought of something that I, I think would be really cool to see in Toontown before can I can I jump in? Yeah, go for you it. Go to your third mill. Yeah. You know how Mickey's Fountain mm-hmm. has those discs on the floor where if you step on them, it makes the the quote unquote musical sounds mm-hmm. in the fountain. Mm-hmm. I think that if that fountain was rejiggered to be like a mini world of color, <laughs> like, that would be They cute. could make it like a whole fountain show with music and the the Mickey at the top could look like it's copper, like part of the fountain, but it comes to life and it starts moving and conducting a symphony of water. Oh, man. That would be cool. That'd be neat. Yeah, I like that. I, I would love that. They could put a projector somewhere and just put some projections on uh, Mickey. Mm. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. No, it's okay. So my last one I was thinking about <laughs> was to connect Gadget's Go Coaster. <laughs> but since you <laughs> want to demolish that, it's like, oh, dang. But I was thinking of, you know, photo ops. And, you know, that place is full of them. But I, you know, let's, it's time to get rid of the Jolly Trolley. It's cute, but I think we could kind of up it with the Ranger plane from Rescue Rangers, mm-hmm. and that would kind of give a little connection to Gadget um, because all it is is a DVC booth, and it's like you could do so much more, you know, yeah. bring it on top. And again, the whole character meet and greet. I just, I just want to see more characters. I mean, that's, I, you know, like you said, entertainment, it is so lacking in there. So I'm trying to bring, like, think of how to – how to bring you know these properties that we have like come on disney we're all about ips mm-hmm. bring them in totally yeah. bring them in and nostalgia right now is everything yeah so. when, you, when you think about it i mean i agree and and when you think about it you know we we've kind of mentioned it in our last few episodes we've been talking about toontown and all mm-hmm. of our language kind of speaks to our general impression of it being a little bit underwhelming right and this is freaking Mickey Mouse's town, right? Like, yeah. you should have the most magnificent land of all, really, like, when we think about it. Or at least competitive with the other lands, you know? Like, right. Fantasyland next door is freaking awesome, you know? And Toontown sometimes is just a little bit meh. And so, yeah, I would love it if they, when they do Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, if they were to add some magic back to Toontown because it, yeah. it does need a some something new, some new gloss. 
I mean, everything we've seen that is Toontown from through it, you know, whether it's Roger Rabbit, Toonspin, or even just Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Toontown is filled with characters. Mm-hmm. It's just going, there's crazy, this and that. And I was just trying to think of, you know, hey, how can we bring them in without just, oh, let's just bring them out for a meeting grade. I was like, no, 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 let's, let's try to connect them in, you know, that's yeah pretty much what we really, really would like to see. Yeah. I would, I would love to see your idea of like the Beagle Boys and Ma just coming out <laughs> into the crowd of people. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of hear this like heist music playing on the speakers and it looks like they stole somebody's bag and they're running around <laughs> with it, you know? And then you see Huey, Dewey, and Louie or Uncle Scrooge or Gizmo Duck. And somehow they are foiled, you know, and <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the bag is returned or something. I just having that additional show element, yeah. I think, also for me plays into the converting the fountain into a show fountain, right? right. Give people that additional element to one surprise them if they've never seen it, but also, you know, do something different in that area. Yeah, because you you said it best. It of all the lands, it it does feel like it's one of the most underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be kind of like that show that they do on the roof of the Golden Horseshoe. Yes. You know, yes. they could do a similar thing there. They could pipe in voices and they could just do a little a little show that would just surprise people out of nowhere. Exactly. <clears throat> that would be awesome. Exactly. I totally agree. Oh, man. Well... I got to admit, I was a little concerned about this one because I didn't know what to settle on. And (laughs) when I couldn't, when I felt that I couldn't lean into the Gravity Falls idea, I'm almost happy that I didn't because I think your idea was amazing. Oh, Oh, yeah. And I'm so on board with it. I think all of our ideas were awesome. This was, we, we got some gold in this one. Yeah. And Melissa's, Melissa's, we literally got gold. Uh, yeah, no, that raceway idea is freaking awesome. Yeah. I love it. I think it would be wow. so neat to be on a little track racing, you know, my friends, but also racing Mickey and Donald and Goofy. Like, that would be so mm. cool. All right. I'll make that my number one pick then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make the other one a secondary pick. Okay. I like it. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have any ideas of what you would like to see in Toontown, join the conversation over on the blog post for the episode, podcateers.com slash 253. You can also leave a comment on any of our social networks. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. We'd love to hear your thoughts about what you'd like to put into Toontown, what you'd replace, and, you know, what you wouldn't be hurting for if it left. You know, I think that's another thing we'd like to hear. Uh, Speaking of comments, I did want to read a quick comment that was left on our last episode, episode 252, where we talked about Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. The comment is from listener Nicole. It says, hi there, podcateers. I'm new to y'all's podcast, and I am loving every second of it. Thank you guys for your wonderful content. I can't get enough. 
Side note, in episode 6 of Star Wars, in the extended edition that they made after 1, 2, and 3 came out, they added a clip at the end when Luke is looking off into the distance. He sees Obi, Yoda, and his father Anakin as Force ghosts. So your thought process about Vader is not too far off. In fact, very plausible. But unfortunately, in The Force Awakens, you do not hear Vader's voice, so they could have very well went with that. But at the end of 6, they made it in such a way as Luke did in fact get to his father and was able to turn him back to Jedi just before his death. Right. Anyway, thought that might help a little since <laughs> I too had a very similar argument with myself at the time. Nice. LOL. Can't wait for your next episode. Nicole... Thank you very much for your comment and validating my weird thought process <laughs> because I swear I was almost going crazy thinking like, but he's kind of a Jedi, but he's kind of a Sith, but he's kind of a Jedi all in my head. <laughs> so thank you for validating that. Hilarious. Uh, if you have any comments, anybody listening, make sure to, like I said, join the conversation on any social networks. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So on that note, it's time to wrap this baby up and put it to bed. So keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Major luck.